Good morning. Welcome to Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church. Uh, thank you for joining us this Mother's Day. I want to say happy Mother's Day to, uh, first of all, my mother and my mother-in-law and uh, my granny and Cassidy's granny. I uh, just want to say happy Mother's Day to you all, uh, and uh, we love you so very much. Thank you for joining us uh, and, and watching this uh, live stream this morning. Uh, we are going to continue our sermon series on joy robbers. Uh, we're going to be speaking on having a spiritual mind uh, this uh, Sunday and how we can uh, prevent things from stealing our joy. And so I'm so honored uh, that you decided this Mother's Day to tune in to Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church. Thank you for doing that. Uh, also, I uh, wanted to make a quick announcement. As of right now, we still plan to have our Vacation Bible School, which will begin on July the 13th. So please stay tuned, and, and we will keep you up to date as, as the uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, hopefully declines during that time. And we will, if it increases, we will come back with another update for that. Um, also, uh, tonight, last week, we started the virtual reawakening, um, and Brother Keith Hatton uh, preached a fantastic message, uh, and thank you for joining us last Sunday evening uh, to hear him uh, preach live to you from Van Buren, Arkansas, and we're so honored to have Brother Corey Blevins uh, to live stream with us tonight and preach to you what God has laid on his heart. And so thank you so much um, for supporting this uh, ministry. And, and all it is is uh, our ministry is trying to help other ministries um, that have struggled over the last few months due to the pandemic. And so just pray for these ministries, support these ministries, and uh, just uh, uh, continue praying for us here at Bluebell that we may uh, follow after the Lord as he leads us and guides us and that we may lead each other uh, the way that he would have us to. And so uh, just remember tonight at 6 p.m. live on our website, bluebellfwb.org, and also on our Facebook page. Uh, you can watch live there on our Facebook page, and Brother Corey Blevins will be bringing the sermon for us tonight. So we're looking forward to that and a great time in the Lord. Um, so get your family, gather them around, and uh, uh, enjoy uh, a good sermon and a, a, a wonderful service uh, that the Lord, I'm sure, will uh, provide. And so I'm thankful for that uh, today. Uh, also, uh, before we pray, we're going to pray. Um, before I go ahead and pray, uh, you, you'll see on your screen this morning uh, a couple of options that you can uh, support Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church and the ministry uh, that we are uh, in. Uh, you the money that we receive of the Lord uh, goes to support this media ministry that we have and also to keep up uh, the church expenses and things like that. Um, and so we are just so honored uh, for your generosity and humbled uh, that you have chosen Bluebell to give. And uh, uh, I pray that the Lord will greatly bless you in that. Uh, so our options are you can go to PayPal. Uh, and give by typing in 1932bluebell at gmail.com. You can send your tithes or offerings uh, through that. Or you can also mail it to us at Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church, P.O. Box 902, Sepulpa, Oklahoma 74067. Uh, so there, uh, you see that on your screen. Uh, also, if you forget, you can go to our Facebook page 
and it is on our Facebook page as well, so you can find that, uh, and you can send in your tithes and offerings, and we are so thankful uh, that you have been doing that, and thank you for that so much from the kindness of our hearts, and uh, thank you for your generosity. Uh, I can't think of any other requests or uh, announcements this morning, and so we are going to go to the Lord in prayer and have Him bless the service. I pray that He'll bless you uh, as we preach on uh, joy robbers uh, and how to prevent things from stealing our joy. Uh, and we just pray that you have a blessed Mother's Day. Children, if your moms are still living, go give them a big hug. Give them a kiss. Tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. And, and uh, just love on your mothers today. It's, it's their day, and without them, you wouldn't be here. And I thank God for you mothers and uh, just uh, those that have already passed on. Uh, remember them. Remember the memories that they gave you. Remember the sweet times that you had with them. And just cherish those fond memories of your mothers who are now in the presence of the Lord. And so uh, uh, we just uh, uh, love our mothers today. And we love all of the mothers that are in the church. And thank you uh, for all of them as well. So we love you guys. And we cannot... Uh, do any of this without you guys so we thank you and we love you guys all right so let's let's go to the lord in prayer our heavenly father we come before you this morning as humble as we know how and father we thank you for this day heavenly father we thank you for your privilege lord to be able to come and preach to your people once again and father we thank you lord for allowing us to uh, preach on the book of philippians god that you laid on our hearts a few weeks back god i thank you lord for all that you do for us and i pray god that you'd help me Oh, Lord, to cultivate a, a single mind, a submissive mind, but also now this week, a spiritual mind. God, help us to live uh, by these four examples that Paul uh, mentions, Lord. And next week, Lord willing, we'll be preaching on the secure mind of the believer uh, to uh, not let worry steal our joy. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to cultivate these four types of mindsets that only come from Jesus Christ. God, help us to look unto Jesus, our author and finisher of our faith. God, uh, the forerunner that is set before us. And God, help us to look to you for our example, not to look to somebody else or to the Apostle Paul or any uh, other uh, apostle. But Lord, help us to look to Jesus Christ that we may grow more and more like him each and every day. God, we love you today. And I ask that you bless the giving. Bless those that can give and those that cannot give. I pray, God, that you just bless the the uh, uh, tithes and offerings today, God, that we might continue to further your kingdom, to continue to get the word of the Lord out into the highways, into the hedges, and God, that somebody might be born again. And God, I just pray that you'd uh, be with them and, and bless all those that are tuning in live today and they'll be watching this later in the week. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. Thank you this morning. Uh, we're going to go right into the sermon this morning. Uh, and bring to you what the Lord has laid on our hearts this week. Uh, I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, I pray that the sermons in the uh, weeks past have been a blessing to you. I pray that you've learned something, and I pray that it's applicable. Um, that's something that the Lord is teaching me, is that not only do I need to learn it and understand it and hear it, but I also have to apply it. And that's been a struggle for me over the last few weeks because the flesh... It's enmity with the Spirit. We've got to die to our flesh. We've got to die to the spirit, to the to the sinful nature and let the Spirit of God live in us and let the Spirit of God help cultivate the four types of mindsets that we are covering 
uh, through this study of Philippians. Uh, and in week number one, we talked to you about how circumstances can rob you of your joy and how that a single mind uh, is a mindset of Christ that we must cultivate in order to not let our circumstances like the quarantine or the Safer at Home Act or uh, uh, how Paul was in prison. He didn't let circumstances hinder him, but rather he used his circumstances to further the gospel. And that's what we also have to do as well. Uh, and last week we talked to you about how uh, people can steal your joy and how uh, if you aren't uh, submissive to people and servants to peace, people, uh, you can steal your own joy. Uh, your selfishness and your pride can rob you of your own joy. And uh, so we see last week where the Apostle Paul told us to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that is a submissive mindset. And we must have the single mind and the submissive mind in order to have our joy in the Lord. And now this week we come to chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. And we see that, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll point it out to you a couple times in the book of Philippians, but the key point is that how material things and how worldly things can rob our joy from us if we do not have the right mindset. Um, Paul mentions uh, those who have a earthly mindset. And we will get into that uh, as we go along. But this morning we're going to be talking about joy robbers. And that joy robber is things. And so we're going to be talking about a spiritual mindset today that we must have uh, and have our minds set on the heavenly treasures and the heavenly things rather than minding earthly things. So thank you for joining in uh, uh, this broadcast this morning. Uh, I, I desire your prayers this morning, and uh, I pray that you would just uh, receive a blessing today, and I pray that the Lord would just be with us today, and we're just so humbled to be able to do this for you. Uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse number 4. And the Word of God says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the ex excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ, Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. 
I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. And Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings on us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for being with us and helping us. And God, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would help us to know, God, that we cannot do this without you. God, I cannot preach a sermon without the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I cannot preach uh, that would uh, touch somebody's life and change their life without the anointing of God. And I pray that you would fill me with your spirit today. And God, help us, Lord, to preach it as you have given it to us. And God, help us, Lord, to do your will. Father, I pray that you wouldn't let anything uh, uh, get to our head, that we would be puffed up and let pride sleep in our hearts. But God, I pray that you would stop every uh, prideful thing from entering our heart. God, help us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Lord, that you may exalt us in due time. God, that we might remain humble and a servant unto you. And God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. God, I pray that you bless us today. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for reading along with us. I pray that you have your Bibles open because there's going to be a lot of verses thrown out. I pray that you have your Bibles in your laps and you're able to follow along with us. Uh, I want to look, uh, first of all, in the first uh, couple of verses, in verse number one, uh, Paul is writing. Now, I want us to understand that we are still uh, seeing the, the letter of Paul to the church at Philippi. And Philippi was a city uh, of a Roman colony. And so Paul is in a Roman jail cell, and he is writing this church. And, and I just learned uh, this week uh, that perhaps this book was written some uh, 15 years uh, after he established the church at Philippi. So he had established the church uh, some 15 years ago, and now he finds himself in prison at a Roman, uh, at a Roman jail cell and so he is remembering the church that he established many years ago, and he's writing to them and letting them know that he still has joy in the Lord. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, uh, before, what I read to you in the beginning in verses 4 through uh, 6, we find Paul lists his uh, characteristics of his life, if you will. Excuse me this morning. Um, we see that, that Paul, he, in verse number 3, he said, and have no confidence in the flesh, but in verse 4, he exactly describes why he can have confidence in his flesh, but he brings it into subjection that he may uh, let Christ be glorified through his life. Uh, he's telling them that if anybody can uh, glory in their, in their flesh or can have confidence in their flesh, he said, it'd be me. Uh, he said uh, in verse number four, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Why? Because Paul was a Pharisee. He studied under Galileo. He was a, 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 a head Pharisee. Uh, and he, if anybody knew the law of Moses and the law of God, it was Paul, or rather Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus was a mighty man in, uh, in the Pharisee religion. 
Uh, he was a very educated man, uh, much like many of our uh, theologians today. They have uh, multiple doctorates and, and different things. They're, they're very educated in the, in the Word of God and in, in the history of the Word and uh, in different things, uh, in divinity and, and uh, uh, Hebrew and Greek. And we've just got all kinds of, of doctors and professors uh, that have studied the Word of God and that they think they know all about it. But let me tell you this. You can have all the head knowledge that you want. You can have all the book knowledge that you want. But if you don't have the heart knowledge, it'll all perish with you when you die. And that's what Paul is teaching us, is that he had the head knowledge. He had all the knowledge of the law of Moses. He crossed every I, or he crossed every T, and he dotted every I. And as far as the law was, Saul of Tarsus was a perfect man. He kept the law. He knew the law. And he uh, uh, would uh, rebuke anybody who done against the law. He persecuted the church for preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. But one day in Acts chapter 9, the Spirit of God came unto Saul of Tarsus on the road of Damascus and put scales upon his eyes. And there uh, Saul of Tarsus met Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus... Uh, then changed his name from Saul to Paul. And we know that, that that's not uncommon in the Bible for God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And so uh, we, and I thank God for this. <laughs> when you get born again, you get a new name written down in glory. Uh, praise God, it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Uh, there's a new name when you get born again. God gives us a new name. And we will learn our new name when we, Step into the portals of glory. Um, but this morning, I want us to know that if you have confidence in your flesh, you cannot please God. Because confidence in the flesh uh, and, and the love of the flesh is of the world. And it minds earthly things. And it minds worldly things. And therefore, it is sin unto God. And, and so Paul is saying, it, listen, if I can have confidence in my flesh, it's me. But he's saying, if anybody has this, he said, listen, I, he, he said in verse number seven, he said, but what things were gained to me, listen, they thought in that day that if uh, you were a perfect Pharisee, if you kept the Pharisee religion, or if you had, were well educated in the law, that you had things that you could, you had a lot of money and you had a lot of uh, land and a lot of animals and, and different things. He said, but what things were gained to me, he's talking about the fleshly things. The, the things that you can gain in your flesh. He said, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He said he had to uh, uh, choose to count those things as loss. And that's what we have to do this morning, is we have to count those things that please our flesh, that are gained to our flesh, that may puff us up and... and and put us on a pedestal or, or anything like that, we have to count those things for loss if we will have Christ. In verse number 8, uh, verse 7 is the first time that we see the word things mentioned. It's also the first place that we see the word loss mentioned. Verse number 8, he said, I count all things. Second time we see things mentioned. But loss, second time we see the word loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss, third time, of all things, third time for things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He said, none of these things that I have in my life, none of the things that I thought were gained to me and that, that made me stand out uh, uh, above other people and, and the knowledge and the education that I learned from Galileo and the law that I've lived by for many years. He said, none of those amount to a hill of beans. Because, he said, I want Christ. I want to win Christ. I want to be Christ-like. I want to do uh, the things that Christ would have me to do. And I want to have a lifestyle that would be well-pleasing to the Lord. And that's what he's saying. And that should be our desire, is that it doesn't matter about the things in this world. It doesn't matter about uh, the material things that, that we enjoy, or, or it doesn't matter about social media. It doesn't matter about uh, 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 new cars or new houses or, or anything like that. But our sole uh, uh, goal in life, or our sole uh, uh, trophy that we should try and obtain, is winning Christ. I want to tell you a story today uh, about some things. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but the time in which we live in, uh, you can't just get one of something. Now, if you look at the size of me, you can tell I don't just eat one plate. I go back for a second and third plate. Uh, and if you know me, I'm not going to just eat one cookie. I'm going to have two or three cookies. And so um, that's the mindset of the world we live in today. They can't just have one of something. You've got to have multiple of something. And so here is a, a story that I came across this week uh, from Warren Wiersbe, and he was actually telling a story in the book that I was reading about Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln. And he said, Abraham Lincoln was walking down the street with his two sons who were crying and fighting. What's the matter with the boys, a friend asked. The same thing that's wrong with the whole world, Lincoln replied. I have three walnuts, and each of the boys want two. That's exactly the mindset that we have today. You only have three items, but everybody wants two. And there's not enough to go around. So there's a jealousy, and there's, there's strife, and there's envy, and there's covetousness in the world in which we live today. And all these things are sin unto God. And we must repent of these sins in order to win Christ. Uh, in the beginning of this sermon series, Joy Roberts, we've discussed the mindsets that Paul teaches the believers to adopt to have joy in the midst of circumstances, people, things, and worry. In chapter 1, we find that it was a single mind that we must have uh, in our circumstances uh, to not let our surroundings rob us of our joy. In chapter 2, last week, we find that we need a submissive mind against prideful actions when dealing with others. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, we, we can have a, a, prideful, a pridefulness about us that we don't want to uh, serve somebody or, or we can have pride and say, well, that person ought to serve us. And that's not the case. We should serve one another. Uh, the Bible says, I believe it's in Romans, he said, serve one another in fear and trembling. Uh, in, in, in love, serve one another in love. Uh, and so we, we see where all through the, the New Testament, God is teaching believers 
to love and serve one another. This week, we are going to look into the spiritual mind that Paul said will keep things from stealing our joy. Warren Wiersbe said this, Things, what thieves they can be. Now let us look at an outline by Dr. Uh, Wiersbe uh, that he lined out of Philippians chapter 3. I love what it says. Uh, and I thought, man, if anybody, and I'm sorry that I didn't come up with, uh, and honestly, I didn't come up with the single mind, the uh, submissive mind, spiritual mind, and sec uh, uh, secure mind. Uh, all these mindsets that I'm uh, preaching to you on is what I've discovered and I've learned through reading uh, uh, books from Dr. Warren Wiersbe. I wish I was smart enough to come up with it on my own, but thankful uh, that God has allowed me to preach these unto you today. Uh, Dr. Warren Wiersbe outlined chapter 3 as this, verses 1 through 11. He says it's Paul's past, and it describes Paul as an accountant because in verse number 8, he said, I count, and in verse number 7, he said, I count all things but loss. And it uh, he, he describes that he has new values, and his new values is the things of Christ, promoting the gospel, furthering the gospel, uh, furthering your joy and your faith in the gospel and, and to others and, and to serve others. Um, and he cared for others. In verses 12 through 16, we see that uh, it's Paul's present time and he's in the jail cell in Rome and he's the athlete. He's not a quitter. He's not just quit on God and sit back and, and let things happen to him that, that he knows is about to happen. He's not ever quit fighting the fight of faith because in verse 14 he says I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and it says he has a new vigor and uh, it has a new purpose uh, that, that he has a new strength that he has that he wants to promote Christ through that he wants to obtain the prize which is in Christ Jesus and in verses 17 through 21, we see that it's Paul's future. And he's looking into the heavenly realm now, and it describes him as the alien. Now, I want to stop right here before I go on, because I've done some research this week, and I was when, when I seen that Dr. Wearsby called, called Paul an alien, I thought, now, he's not a green guy with with three eyes and, and four, four uh, uh, ears and, and, and no nose or anything like that. That's not the kind of alien that is referred here. Um, but I looked it up online at Investopedia.com, and it says a resident alien is a foreign-born United States resident who is not a U.S. citizen. A resident alien is also known as a permanent resident or a lawful permanent resident, which means they are considered an immigrant who has been legally and lawfully recorded as a resident of the country. And so Paul is the alien of heaven because we are all born into sin and we are all born of a different country. And our country uh, is hell. That's where we all belong because we are sin sinners. And if Christ had not came uh, to die on a cross for our sins, we would die and perish uh, and die an everlasting death uh, where the fire is not quenched, we would burn up in hell. Uh, and I'm not saying that you would die in hell because hell is eternal. And it goes on for eternity. 
Uh, some people think it's like a stick of stove wood. You throw it in the fire and it burns up after a while. That's not the way hell is. You will burn for eternity. But Paul, he's saying, listen, I was a sinner. I had no citizenship in heaven because sinners cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so he's saying that when I got born again, when Christ came into my life, I became a joint heir with Christ and I have been adopted by God whereby I cry, Abba, Father. And when we cry, Abba, Father, uh, and Jesus said, I go away that where I am, ye might be also. He's saying that when you get born again, you change your residence. You change your address. Uh, you're, you're leaving everything else here to perish with the things of the earth, but your residence will now be in heaven. And because he has given you a new name, you have a new name in glory, which you now have a new address in heaven. We know that this world is not our home. We know that the address in which we live today is not our permanent dwelling place. But our permanent dwelling place is in heaven. Therefore, we are considered aliens in that country. He said in verse 20, I look, or we look rather. He said, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I was doing some studying, and that uh, uh, short phrase, for our conversation is in heaven, signifies that we are citizens of that country. We are ambassadors to Christ, as Second uh, Corinthians says. I believe it is in Second Corinthians. So we see how uh, we we see Paul's past, we see Paul's present, and we see Paul's future in chapter three of Philippians. I want to back up to verses seven through eleven just for a few moments this morning, and I want us to notice something. He says that I may win him in uh, verse number 8. He said, And do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. We see that he is talking about an ultimate reward. He is uh, striving to receive this reward, and that reward is Christ himself. He is the ultimate trophy. Uh, he is the ultimate prize. Uh, now, we're going to get to experience, if you're born again and you're, you're blood-bought by the blood of Christ and you've got your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, you will live in glory with Him and you will find that there is streets of gold and walls of jasper and, and uh, rivers that flow with milk and honey and, and different jewels and, and different beauties that heaven has. And sure, all those things will be rewards. Uh, we know that uh, the Apostle Paul said, Henceforth there is a crown of righteousness laid up uh, for, for me and to all those who are dead, uh, who uh, die in Christ. And so if we do good works uh, and we do them unto the Lord as children of God, uh, we will receive a crown of righteousness. It is a reward. Um, but if we do not good works, if we do not uh, fall after the will of God, uh, we lose those rewards. Um, and so... Uh, Paul is telling us this morning that the ultimate reward is Christ. He said that I may win Christ. And the only way that you can win something is if you join the race, if you uh, play, the, play the game. 
You've got to play the game and you've got to run the race in order to win the prize. And so that's what Paul's saying. He said, listen, I, I've already joined this race many years ago. And, and later on, uh, we see uh, how that uh, in one book that Paul wrote, and I, it's left my mind this morning, um, but he said, I've ran the race. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. He's talking about this again in Philippians chapter 3, that I may win Christ. In verse number 10, he says, that I may know him. That I may know him. He's a personal friend or a constant companion. Somebody that you can rely on. Somebody that you can go to and talk to. Somebody that you can confide in. Something... Uh, somebody that when you're in trouble and, and or when you're on the side of the road and you're broke down and, and you might be 40 miles from somebody, you can call a friend and they'll come to your rescue and help you out. Um, if not, they'll, they'll know somebody that can. And so a friend is somebody that you can rely on at all times, somebody that you can confide in, somebody that you can trust, uh, somebody that will be there. Now listen, our earthly friends, they'll fail us at some point in time. Because they won't be all, they won't always have an opportunity to come to your rescue. They won't always uh, you might lose your trust in them or something of that nature. But I promise you that the Lord Jesus Christ, He will be the very bestest friend that you can ever have. Uh, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, the proverb says. And so we see that Paul is desiring a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, knowing that He is alive, and the fellowship of His sufferings, meaning that I'll be glad to partake in the sufferings of Christ. In Galatians chapter 6, He said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that I am an example of why Christ died, was buried, and He rose again. And we all uh, are to bear in our bodies the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ also. He said, if by, in verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, that I may participate, that I may uh, 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 join in on the celebration, if you will, because we know that uh, all those that are dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I want to participate in the resurrection of the dead. And verse number four, in uh, verse number, uh, 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 not, not number four, in verse number 12, we see that in the last part, he said, I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I am bought. He said, <clears throat> And my footnote here in my Bible says Paul makes clear that he had not arrived but was still very much in the race of the Christian life. That word apprehended, uh, it, he's not yet arrived. He's not yet been uh, sanctified or yet uh, uh, glorified, but he has been justified. And we know that our sanctification is a process, and that's what Paul was saying. He's, like, he's saying, listen, I'm not perfect. I still have my faults, I still have my failures, I still have my infirmities, but he said, I will glory in my infirmities, for when I am weak, Christ is made strong. And so he's saying, I am not yet arrived to my goal, 
But he said in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When uh, 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 Dr. Wearsby said this, uh, when Paul met Christ, he realized how futile were his good works and how sinful were his claims of righteousness. A wonderful transaction took place. Paul lost some things, but he gained much more than he lost. Christianity is Christ. Salvation is knowing Him in a personal way. Verses 15 and 16 uh, and uh, 20 and 21 speaks of those who mind heavenly things because we are citizens of that country. Um, in verse 15 it says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, be spiritual minded. And if, any, if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. And so we see that all, there, there's a familiar uh, uh, there's a familiar theme throughout the book of Philippians. In chapter 1, he mentions the mind or remember or know. In verse 2, he talks about uh, let this mind be in you. He's talking about our mind. And now in chapter 3, we see, he said, uh, let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. So he's saying if we can take control of our minds because uh, your mind, your brain, it sends out, uh, uh, I believe, and I'm not a nurse or a doctor or anything like this, so I may mess up the word, but I think it sends out neurological uh, electrolytes or electrodes to your nerve system. And it tells you if you your brain will say, raise your right hand, you raise your right hand. If it says uh, to touch something, that finger uh, that your brain uh, tells will touch whatever that item is. And so our brain, it functions the whole body. And so that's what he's telling us. If we have a spiritual brain, if we have a spiritual mind, it can control our actions. It can control our tongue. It can control our heart. And so we must cultivate and adopt these uh, a single mind and a submissive mind and now a spiritual mind. And next week we'll see that we need a secure mind in Christ. But if we can learn how to uh, change our mind and, and one has said that repentance is the change of mind and that is partially true but if you do not change your actions you have not repented. And so in order to uh, repent it means you must Change your mind, therefore changing your action or your destination. You have to change your mind in order to stop acting a certain way. If you're hateful and, and, you're, and you curse a lot or, or something like that, you have got to repent of that, change your mind and say, I'm not going to do that anymore and, and, and that I'm going to have heaven on my mind, that I'm going to have a spiritual mind and that I'm going to speak heavenly language and therefore you will turn from your actions. I hope that I explained that well enough for you to understand. I think I just confused myself on that. But hopefully you got the point of what I was trying to say. In uh, verse 20 and 21, I've already read verse 22, but I'll read it again. It says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work and whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Last time we see the word things mentioned. It says, whereby 
he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. He brings it into subjection. He, here, here's what he's saying. That's what verse 21 says. Is that he is able to control things rather than let things control him. And that's where we're at today. Is that many people serve things. They're in debt to many things. Therefore, they're the slave to things instead of the slave to Christ and righteousness. And so what Paul is teaching us is that we need a spiritual mind so that we can control things rather than let our things control us and steal our joy. Here's the thing is a lot of people want to go and and buy cars and vehicles and, and toys that they cannot afford. Therefore, they go in debt for them. And therefore, we see that it's a bottomless pit. It's very hard to get out of major thousands of dollars of debt. And so they have then let those things rob them of their joy and uh, happiness in life because they are now bound to those things. But if we control things, if we have a spiritual mind, our joy will be in Christ and we will not have a care for many things. I'm not saying we can't have nice things. I'm not saying that you can't go and and buy you a nice boat or a nice uh, uh, a fishing pole or a nice uh, uh, whatever it might be that you enjoy, a nice gun or something like that. I ain't saying that you can't go buy those things, but I am saying that if you have to go into thousands of dollars of debt, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it because you're not going to be able to take it with you. But if God has blessed you and you're able to afford uh, those things that you enjoy, by all means, go and enjoy those things that God has blessed you with. But do not be indebted to those things. Do not let those things control you and make you lose perspective and lose focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. God is able to subdue all things unto Himself. Subdue means to conquer, to vanquish, to bring under control, especially by an exertion of the will. Now, me and Cassie, we, we don't have a lot of debt that we've accumulated in our five years of marriage, but we do have some debt. And this year, our goal is to start uh, uh, the, uh, I, I guess Dave Ramsey talked about it, the snowball effect. Start with the lowest amount of uh, debt that you have, and once you get it knocked out of the way, then you can go to the higher debt, and you can hopefully in time uh, be debt-free. And that, I believe that is, is a goal that Christ would have for His people is to be debt-free and to have freedom in Christ and, and have that spiritual mind and have that joy that comes from being free. In verse uh, 18 and 19, it says uh, that Paul is speaking of Christians who mind earthly things. It says uh, in verse 18, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. I don't believe I have to linger there very long for you to understand what he was talking about. It is not, bad, it is not the bad things that kept Paul away from Jesus. It was his good things. He had to lose his religion to find salvation. Dr. Warren Wiersbe. We today can be snared uh, both by tangibles and intangibles, and as a result, lose our joy. Tangible things 
are things that we can touch, things that we can feel, things that we can buy, things that we can sell, things that we can participate in. Intangibles are our reputation, our character, our pride, our self-worth, our look, um, what we drive. Uh, and that is a tangible and intangible because uh, if you have a motive of buying a $100,000 vehicle just to make yourself look good, then that is an intangible purchase and a tangible pur purchase. But that's what Paul is saying that will rob us of our joy because our joy does not come from those things. Our joy comes from Christ. We are snared. We, we today can be snared both by tangibles and intangibles and as a result lose our joy. Things are for us to enjoy, not to become gods in our lives in which you leave no room for the Lord God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Ghost. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we find that Paul is writing to Timothy. And in verses 17 and 19 in chapter 6, he says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, that's prideful, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So we see that all the things that we can have are given to us by the living God. That they do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Don't let your things keep you from going to heaven. Don't let your things keep you from that city. Paul said um, in chapter 6, that is the same chapter that he said that the love of money is the root of all evil. He said, but thou, old man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and meekness and temperance, and truth, and, and there's different things that he mentions in chapter 6. Go uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and read it for yourself uh, after this message is over with. Uh, but he mentions a lot of things similar to what he's talking about in Philippians. Dr. Wearsby said this, Quantity is no assurance of quality. Many people who have the things money can buy have lost the things that money cannot buy. Yet most people today think that joy comes from the things that they own. In reality, things can rob us of the only kind of joy that really lasts. Ain't that good? I think that's wonderful. Socrates once said, The unexamined life is not worth living. Basically, what he's saying is if you do not consider and count the cost of what uh, you have and what you're living for, it may not be worth living. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Now, you notice that it's written in red. Jesus said it, so it's pretty significant that we must count the cost of our things but also of our life because we want to make sure that we're living for Christ and not our things. People today have become slaves to things. They have to work extra hours or two or three jobs trying to pay for their things 
They become indebted to this world's riches, debt, and pleasures. Moreover, they lose out on having real Christian joy. I want you to see what Dr. Wearsby said. He said, no wonder Paul had joy because his life did not depend on the cheap things of the world, but on the eternal values found in Christ. Paul had the spiritual mind and looked at the things of earth from heaven's point of view. People who live for things are never really happy because they must constantly protect their treasures and worry lest they lose their value. Not so with the believer with the spiritual mind. His treasures are in Christ, can never be stolen, and they never lose their value. Jesus said that where your, tre where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He said uh, to not consider things of this world, uh, the things of this world where wrath and lust uh, can corrupt and thieves can break through and steal. But he said lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt nor thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we see how important it is if Christ mentioned it. And trust me, uh, many people today might say, uh, well, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. I want to live the same lifestyle that Paul lived. Well, friend, I don't know if you know what you're asking for, but when you ask to be like somebody, God might make you live just like they lived. And so by asking to live like Paul, that might mean you might have to go from prison to prison that Christ may be glorified. You might have to be stoned. You might have to suffer great persecution in order to have the faith that Paul had. And I've been careful to say that throughout my years, but here's one thing that I do know is that we can have the same joy, the same faith, and the same fervor that Paul had if we just look to Jesus Christ. Because Paul didn't get it from uh, somebody that he looked up to. He didn't get uh, his passion for Christ from uh, looking to Moses or any of the prophets that he had studied. He got his passion, uh, fervor, uh, his love for Christ by looking to Christ and the example that Christ had. And so we too, if we are going to adopt the single mind, the submissive mind, the spiritual mind, and the secure mind that Paul had and that he wrote about in the book of Philippians, we must look to Jesus Christ and we must repent of our ways we must be willing to turn away from our old things that have uh, had us bound. I'm not telling you that just because you have an old mindset means that you're lost and that you never got born again. I ain't saying that. I'm saying that though we are still born again, Christ has to do a sanctification in us and we must allow Him to uh, show us when we're wrong so that we can turn away from that. And so uh, in the last few weeks, God has really been working on me in my mind and showing me that I need to have an attitude adjustment, that I really need to, to get down to business with God, and that I need to seek Him more so that He can give me the single mind, the submissive mind, and the spiritual mind, and the secure mind. And I want those because I want my joy to be full. I want to have joy no matter my circumstances. I want to be able to serve you. And I want to be humble when you do serve me. And I want to have joy over uh, uh, things of heaven rather than things here on earth because I know I can't take them with me. And so today I want to ask you, where's your joy? Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? Because Jesus said, if you have treasures on earth, then your heart's on earth. Then your heart is of the world. 
And he said, if you have treasures in heaven, then there your heart will be also. So where's your heart today? Let us mind spiritual things. Let us have that spiritual mind that Paul teaches us to have. And let us, as verse 14 says, if he'll pull it back up, of Philippians 3.14. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is the mindset we must have. In chapter 1, verse 21, he said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What can you... And if you remember that message, I asked you to fill in the blank. Paul is teaching us that we must have a mindset that says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And in chapter 2, he's saying... We must have a mindset that will humble ourselves to serve others just as Christ served others in verses uh, in uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. He shows us the mindset of Christ that we must have to have a submissive mind. And also today, this is our uh, highlight verse, if you will. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I should have backed up to verse 13. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. We've got to forget those things which are behind and reach forth into those things which are before, those heavenly things. So what are we living for today? What mindset do we have today? What is in our life that we need to repent of and ask God to remove from our life so that He may give us these mindsets of Christ that Paul describes? I hope you've been blessed today. I sure enjoyed preaching to you. And I hope you have a blessed Mother's Day today. Um, Enjoy your time with your mothers. If your mother is already passed on and no longer with you, just remember the fond memories that you and her share. And just love, love her and love the memories that you have of her. Uh, and, and so just uh, have a blessed day today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, be with us tonight at 6 p.m. on uh, our Facebook page. Brother Corey Blevins uh, from Jasper, Tennessee will be preaching to us uh, from the Word of God. And so we are just excited to uh, have him join us tonight live from Jasper, Tennessee. And I hope you'll tune in to Facebook Live at 6 p.m. Central Time and uh, hear what God has in store for us from Brother Corey. Uh, be praying for the young man. Be praying uh, for this broadcast, for this, this church. And uh, I believe what great things the Lord has in store for us. And I'm excited to move forward and, and go with uh, how the Lord is leading. And so just be praying about that. Uh, Wednesday night, our Bible study will be uh, live on Facebook with Brother Bill Odom. Uh, be teaching at 7 p.m. Central Time. Also join us next Sunday, uh, May the 17th, uh, where we will uh, try and wrap up our sermon series on joy robbers. And uh, the last thing, and probably the biggest thing, that robs us of our joy. I know it's my biggest thing, is worry. Uh, I worry. And so let's uh, remember that. Uh, tune in uh, next Sunday, May 17th, where we will be uh, preaching on worry and having the secure mind of Christ in order to prevent worry from stealing our joy. Uh, so thank you for tuning in this morning. May God bless you.